Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Line of Vienna Street podcast. My name is Tom Jenkins. This is episode 156. And while I'm pleased my voice is in better nick than our last show, that positive is massively outweighed by the negative that we are back in another lockdown. Joy of joys. However, the footballing show does go on controversially in some quarters, but it still keeps on going. And frankly, I'm very pleased given that we're stuck at home and there's nothing else to do. But we are able to record again and we are recording this on a Sunday evening, but wondrous less weekend in the FA Cup. We're not there. We can't watch us. It's pretty depressing. But they've got ample opportunity to depress us on Tuesday evening against Exeter City. However, there's lots to discuss, including new signings, poor defeats, and maybe some more positive results on the horizon with our new signings. Who knows? Joining me this evening are James Jarvis, Lee Tennant and Chris Manning. And James, I'll start by asking you about our most recent game, which was the 1-0 defeat to Crawley Town. Based on today's match with Leeds, that was a pretty decent result, wasn't it? Yeah, Leeds, Leeds are overrated shot anyway, so what does it matter? <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose, it, I suppose it's not too bad. Um, though, I don't, I don't know. It, it's a, it was a weird, it was a weird, weird game, to be honest. Because I'm sorry, I'm I'm struggling to remember it. I've slept since then. It's been too. It's been. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a weekend without football. You forget everything else. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, it, it was just one of those matches, wasn't it, where it's a typical of us in League 2 this season. We've basically turned up for the first 15 minutes or so, looked relatively lively, and then the rest of it, given Crawley ample opportunity to get into the game, they score, and then we suddenly decide that we're going to turn it on and try and attack. I, th- I think it's quite irritating from a fan's perspective that the only motivation that these players have is when they've got a, a, a scoreline deficit. Their manager can't seem to motivate them. Yeah, that's a good Yeah, it's a good point, especially when those first we always seem to be really blunt the first 15 minutes as well whenever we get the momentum started what it it's it's really irritating that it always takes us to concede to give us a kick up the arse and actually start attacking teams and even then half the time we have a mess up our final ball or or our shots are wayward or we overthink and we overpass the ball instead of just having a crack at it and see what happens it's uh, it's really irritating how inconsistent we are uh, in the final third, which just seems to be a theme of our entire season. I mean, we're inconsistent about the game. Some of our players are inconsistent throughout an entire match. <coughs> Reese Greenwich. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really don't know what to make of this team. I'm hoping this January window, bringing in the signings that we're obviously going to cover in more detail later, hopefully knuckles down some consistency. It stops using square pegs in round holes and just allows us to get rid of some of the dead wood or just some of the players that can't quite make the step up yet. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah we've got we've got to hope that the early recruitment is built upon because it certainly looks promising at the moment and change is definitely needed. Chris, why do you think Bolton seem only capable of, of playing actual football when we're losing a match? Ah, that's a great question. It's, it's happened all season, hasn't it? A number of times we've gone a goal down, two goals down, even three goals down before we've started to, to actually play like we expect we expect the team to play given the names we've got in there. I wonder whether it's a, a, an ego thing, perhaps, from the, the the players who do believe or have played at a higher level that you know they, they come into games and they maybe they're a little bit complacent to start with. That perhaps they feel like they should be rolling teams over. I don't know how much more evidence they need that that's not going to happen, but that, that's the only thing I can put it down to because it, it, it's a regular regular thing, isn't it? and it's such a shame because the, the way that we finished this game and the games where we've come back been fantastic that's what we want to see from the team all the time and if you can think if that's what we could display from the first minute onwards we'd be unstoppable absolutely unstoppable new, new signings aside and it's just annoying that it's uh it only ever seems to be a reactionary thing and not a not a proactive thing do you think that's down to the manager not being able to motivate them oh i would think to an extent but then you know it comes to a point where they've got to motivate themselves as well and if they if they're getting on the pitch with with the peers and they're, they're reacting like that, and, and ex- we're experiencing those slow starts as a consequence, then uh, I think the players have got to stand up and take a look at that as well. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right when you when you mention ego. I would probably put it down to pride. Certainly, with people like Owen Doyle, who've, who've played at a higher level than this, had more success at, at this level. I think when they're playing in a side that's losing three 0 there's a, there's an element of right sod this. I'm going to try my level best mm. to do it myself if I need to do it myself. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was it was strange, wasn't it, Lee, to see us suddenly for the last twenty five minutes really turn it on against Crawley? Um, 
Ian Everett has hinted in the media that he wants to change the formation. It looked like he did it mid-match there. Uh, do you think the formation was the reason why we got ourselves back into that game? Um, I think game state plays an awful lot of uh, you know, importance, really, in, in, in how we sort of attacked them in the last 25 minutes. They just they were sort of quite simply quite happy to uh, to sit in the 1-0 lead. I mean, obviously, we pressed forward and... You know, we we sort of took control of the of, of the possession of the game and, and pressed forward pretty well, and really, really should have should have equalised at least. I mean, ever saying that we should have scored seven or eight is just daft, really. Because <laughs> you know, once it goes one all, they they then come out of the shell and the game is completely different. You know, going you got chances, yeah, you could have scored four, but um, yeah, change of formation is going to be. Um, I didn't, it didn't really notice it for me. Um, I actually thought Greenwich was. Um, was okay uh, in the game in general to the dismay of a few other people who've, who have said that too because I think he actually did quite well with his passing down the left and um, sort of strode forward quite well. So I, I didn't really notice the change in formation. I just noticed that we were on top and should have scored really. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a big big factor um, game state when, you know, like say you, you last 25 minutes of a game and you're pressing, then of course you're going to be on top realistically unless you're goddamn awful side which we're not we're not that bad but um yeah i think it i think the change of formation is is, is overdue i think it obviously there's games it has worked because we've won games um but we've not ever really won a game convincingly this season i think you, you know you've got to at least try the change to, to four at the back four two three one and the signing of kieran lee it's uh i think that's the, the exactly the type of midfield can keep him fit that'll, that'll allow us to play that with some success yeah, I'll come back to the formation but with you in a second, James. But I just want to touch on something you said there, Lee, about um, game state. And I think I've seen in um, on Twitter in our group chat, for example, people talking about how uh, it's all well and good you saying, oh, we had all these chances, but it was because Crawley sat back. I think the numerous times over the last few years, certainly under Phil Parkinson, where I've seen us concede early, you know, the games against Swansea and Hull at home in the, when we were in the championship, ring a bell, where we've then gone on to dominate the rest, the rest of the game. But there's a dominance of possession rather than dominance of chances. In those 25 minutes, we had more chances than I've seen us create in most of the other games that this season, even the games that we were on top in. So do you not think it's maybe a little bit harsh to say that it was just because Crawley was sitting back that we turned it on? Because certainly some of the moves that we produced, I thought were, were, were quite, um, were, were almost like the style that ever promised us in summer. Sorry, Tom's up for me. That was for you, Nate. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. 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 Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, the look, like I say we created an awful lot in the last twenty five minutes and but for some awful finishing from Delph well, maybe the keeper did particularly well spreading himself that, that sort of point blank effort from Delph on the zone. Obviously Thomason missing on his wrong foot, missing a chance from six yards. Yeah, yeah, we were we did create an awful lot more than we have done in, in recent times really, yeah. So it's just disappointing we didn't put any of them away, I suppose, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I originally was very, very angry at Thomason for missing that chance, but I was uh, on reflection. I can't believe Delfonso has managed to miss it, especially given that that seems to be his bread and butter scoring those kind of chances. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. We we have we have to move on. James we talked about the formation. Um, do you think it needs changing? It certainly seems that that's the way that we're going to go to try and play more of a four three three or four two three one. I think I think it's worth a try. Um, you have to have multiple different types of tactics. At- tactics in your locker we we learned that um right from the off that sometimes the three four one that you know the three four one two or whatever formation it, it can work obviously we saw that during the five win or six win game uh straight that we went on so it's, it's that formation does work but if it's proving to be inconsistent if it's proving to leave us open too early uh, at the start of games if if it's not suitable for certain players, especially when you place the square pegs in round holes, like I mentioned with God, with obviously Brockbank and Jones having to play a left wing back sometimes, and you know, you know, little things like that. Um, it it's it's worth the try. It's worth the try, especially as um, if 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 we're going into this market by it sounds like us beefing beefing up our attack. Our, our attacking options, which sounds to me like obviously getting more striking options, getting maybe getting a winger or two in, get you know, it it opens it opens us up. It makes us more it makes us more flexible and in and over the course of the season less predictable. And it opens up to us up to 
um, make more use of the likes of Isgrove, who obviously benefits from playing more as a right wing instead of the right wing back he played in the in the previous formation. So I think it's worth the try to switch, and it's like anything. If it doesn't work, then you can switch to something else. If you get the personnel in that allows you to be to be that flexible, it's worth a try. And it's obviously Everett's something. It's something that Everett has clearly considered now, especially now that he has the free reign to manage his own transfers, manage whatever squad, you know, get get out who he needs to, get in who he needs to. Just to just to open us up and hopefully deal with this inconsistency and set up set us up in different formations to allow us to combat different opponents. It it's it'll it's probably necessary, especially as well if it's to calm down the fan base <laughs> that seems really eager on on a formation change to make better use of the aforementioned players like Isgrove and Delfonso, etc. etc. So. Yeah, sure. I mean to be fair, we have seen that um ever not necessarily taking the the fans' opinion on board with the decision to remove Billy Crelin for the Salford game, and I think he also uh, I can't remember. There was another tweak that I think he did in that game, but I can't remember for the life of me what it was. Um, that we, we were all very pleased about because it made us look a much more cohesive unit. But do you think Chris, even though he's able to show, no matter how late it came in the day, uh, to change his ideas and admit when he's made a mistake? Given our recruitment in the summer was based around playing a five at the back and hence we've recruited loads of centre-halves and loads of wing-backs, most of whom have now either been shipped out or been you know, given uh, lower squad status, does it not render most of his business a little bit pointless? Yeah, and I suppose the ever apologists will then no doubt claim that, that wasn't, he wasn't the man behind signing those players. And The reality is that we're a top-heavy squad in that part, that department, so therefore any tactical tweak he wants to bring in which, you know, obviously doesn't listen to social media, oh, hang on a minute, he does, means that it's going to be reflective of the, of that imbalance in the squad, I think, and, and the decision to, to ship out <clears throat> one or two who've not been able to, to, to nail down a place for whatever reason, be that people's uh, people being for or people being against, it will force his hand a little bit. And so that's why you will, you will be seeing, I suppose, players who, who, like Greenidge, for example, who can play in a couple of positions, being a little bit more uh, flexible themselves in where they where they'll play, not only to try and pe- nail down a position for themselves, but the manager may be looking to see that if if he could maybe happen upon by accident a um, a plan and, and a system that works for him. Because so far, I think his his preferred system, the one that he, he played at Barrow, I think can be can be fairly described as being a, a a spectacular failure so far, at least at least in my books anyway. But then I'm prone to hyperbole. I do think you're right in, in that it, I don't think we've won games because of that formation. I think we've won games no. because we've had better players than the opposition yeah. who we've managed to beat. You know, I don't think the formation has helped us particularly. One of the reasons why he's played it, though, is because of that personnel. And I think yeah. if we are going to go to, to four at the back, then you've got three right-backs in Brockbank, Kioso, or four, actually, Brockbank, Kioso, Gethin Jones and Jack Hickman. Um, so you presume a few of those are going to going to be shipped out on the left hand side. You've got Gordon and, and Maskell, who clearly been perceived as persona non grata. Uh, it, do you think basically we're going to have to ship out most of those people to then be able to create squ- squad space? Or do you, can you see a future for any of those people that I've just mentioned? No, I, I think there's one or two in there who've had moments, like Hickman, for example. You know, every now and then he's, he's looked all right. Not been not been a disaster by any stretch of the imagination, but probably not. A, uh, a regular starter, I wouldn't have thought for us at the level that we at, that we're at and that we want to be. Um, not too upset to see Taff leave. I know I read read a few of the bits and pieces online over the last few days where people were very very upset that our fourth choice centre half, who in his <laughs> sporadic appearances for the club, had looked absolutely bobbins, <laughs> has disappeared on to play for Scunthorpe. And I'm surprised Real Madrid weren't in for him, given some of the plaudits he was receiving. But but there you that go. That is very bold, think... though, isn't it, Chris? People who are out of the course team get is. given God status. Of course it they? is. And uh, it's, you know, it goes back as Andronic Samorian. The, the less the less they play, the better they are. It's it's one of those things. And I guess the this position we're in, I can understand it because people want to to think that that we're not the sort of club that's going to be then losing our better players to divisional rivals. But then we're also in League Two. We barely a pot to piss in. So a bit of, a bit of trading is maybe what we need forever again as I said before, to come back and, and hopefully land upon a, a system, a formation and a squad 
that's maybe got a bit of a better balance to it than the one that he, he took on in uh, August, whenever it was, when the season started. Yeah, Lee, we, we mentioned Taft there. I was going to come on to him a little bit later on, but we might as well discuss him now, given that we're on that topic. Do you think it's a good decision to have let him go? Oh, I think I think he said in the group that um, letting him go to Scunthorpe could be a, could end up biting us on the ass if he does well there and they're they're a relegation rival, but. So I got shot down with that comment saying there's no way we're going to be a relegation. <laughs> but we're six points above it. We're 18th, aren't we? Yeah, 17th, yeah, 18th, something like that. I think we, I think Harrogate went above us when they were drawing or winning yesterday and then they dropped down below us again. That's how sad my life was yesterday afternoon looking at whether we could keep, keep 17th or 18th in League 2. But anyway, so, so yeah, I think we're, well, the run, I sent a, a, the next sort of six, seven, six now in the group and said, look, how many points are we getting out of that? And I said, I think Eddie's response was two, wasn't it? So I've got a good good six weeks to look forward to you guys, but um oh, or four weeks. But um so yeah, anyway, so I don't see it coming true that we will be down there with Scunthorpe. But yeah, I, I saw Taft play against Newport. I was in a I was in a pub in Pan with him and I watched the game and everyone was shy. He didn't stick out as being particularly shy. I mean Santos stuck out as being the worst that day. But that was the only game I've seen him. Um, did he put? No, he played against Bradford in the League Cup, didn't he? First game he of the did, season, yeah. and he strode out from defence. And I think one time he strode out from defence and it hit one that went just just wide of angle of post and bar. I think he looked, he looked actually pretty good going forward with the ball on the ball. He looked quite confident. Um, that's they're the only two games I've watched him play. So to say that I'm, I'm like Chris says, we get all getting upset about someone leaving on. I think it's the fact they've not really seen him get a chance while others have been allowed poor performances and if rumours are to be believed then perhaps are falling out with Ever early doors which um, maybe after a Newport game who knows but um, there seems to be something along those lines for him to yeah he played that game against Newcastle under 23s but let's be honest that's a that's more of an insult playing someone in that game rather than a pat on the back to say there's your chance I think, I think that as soon as he appeared in that game I think I think the right was on the wall. So yeah, it's it's sad not to see him. Um, it's sad not to see him play a few more games to, to give us give a judgment on him. I can't judge someone after one two games. You know what I mean? It's oh it's yes, difficult. you can. I don't think so. I, I thought like I said I don't I don't think he was the worst performer against Bradford. I don't think he played particularly well against Newport, but I can't remember exact instances of him being terrible. And that's pretty much his lot, isn't it? He, he didn't really. Newport, uh, did he play at Colchester away? Um, no. I don't think so. Get a chance to watch that one? Did he not? We played in the nets because we played Colchester second and we played Newport the game after. So it's strange that he took him out and then put him back in for New- anyway. So he played in the back two because we played four. We played four at the Santa. Taft is a back now with two from memory. But with Hickman back, I pushed up on the right and Jones on the right at right back, but. So he so he did try and play him in a in a four at the back. Um, Safter, I think he did anyway. But obviously he's too shy in our in our team, I suppose. I think um, yeah, it, it's one of those, isn't it? Where if we're going to change the formation and go four at the back, people would like a right foot, left foot, centre half partnership play at centre half, and therefore you've got Delaney and Taft as your as your left footed options. Oh, Greenwich, obviously, but he's he's suspended for the next game, so he yeah. doesn't come into consideration. So. I think given how poor Delaney had been in the last few weeks, people were hoping that Taft might get his opportunity. But, you know, Selavi, he's gone. I just hope that if he was commanding a reasonable wage that uh, we've convinced Scunthorpe to pay the majority of it. Um, and that's basically all, all my opinion is on this subject, mm. to be fair. I mean, we've got so many people in this team. I think if you have a look down our um, our squad list, there is an absolute load of players in, in that squad who, who've been given opportunities in the first team this season. And I think we're very, very fortunate that a lot of them come under the. Uh, was it? Is it twenty-one that they've got to be to, to count towards the to the squad limit? Yeah. Because he's not half chopped and changed. Put it that way. Um, the last thing I'll say about the the Crawley game, James. I know we've sort of digressed a little bit. Is we've mentioned the plethora of options that we've got to play at right back. Um, Peter Kioso was obviously suspended for the Crawley game. You presume he's going to come straight back in against Exeter. I think he's probably our best option there, but. Given that he's not our player, and the other three options that I've mentioned, Jones, um, Hickman, and Brockbank, are, is there any doubt in your mind about giving Kyoso free reign at that right back role? Is given that we're developing another club's player and not our own? You you play your best, but you you always you always play the best option there if you can, and that's Kyoso at the moment. 
I've no, I've no doubt about that. I suppose if you wanted to give Brockbank a try at right back, you could. But no, nah, I'd, I'd, he's he's probably better for the type of attacking football we want to play there. Um, Joe, Jones, he he's just he's just good to have if you wanted to switch it up. You know, settle things down a bit. Uh, Hickman, the lad's going to go out on loan, and then we'll never see him again. That <laughs> with heavy pockets in tow. Yeah, 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 pretty much. So, I, I wish Hitman the best, but his time's probably done here. Um, but but we need to make room in the squad, and that's that's the nature of the beast. If we wanna if we wanna start pushing up that table, Brocky gets stick around because of his versatility. But I worry for him as well because he's gonna be yeah the, yeah. There's gonna be a lot of competition for. For, for the wing back places, I suppose it's good. To, like I say, I suppose it's good to have that versatility. If you wanted to switch to a three in another games, then it leaves more options open for all all three of them to maybe get a shot. But yeah. I've got one for you, James. What do you think about Kyoso pushing forward as one of the front three? If we switch to four, you know, if we switch formation and play three up front with the uh, two two flanking Doyle with his attacking instincts and good in the air. I wouldn't. Not a possibility. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against it. I, I mean, it would save us having to buy a right back in in competition with Isgrove, wouldn't it? Right, right winger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of made that argument earlier for Hickman before I realised. Oh wait, we have four right backs, not three <laughs> with, with Brock <laughs> Banks. So, yeah, I think Brock Banks should play centre half. I think we should give him a run at centre half in a two, playing with Delaney or with Santos and playing playing in a two. I don't think you need to a right foot and a left foot or a centre half. I don't think you have to play Delaney just because the thing is why I don't see that happening is because um, he's gonna he's gonna play Baptiste behind there um, after after Santos in that right centre back position. So it just leaves Brockbank, like I say, kind of the, kind of as the versatile player. Yeah, probably. If, if but... I ever see Alex Baptiste play in the centre of, of a four back, I will I will stop supporting this football club. He's five foot eleven. <laughs> he's five foot eleven. He's not big enough to do that job. And to be fair, Brocky isn't either. That's why I think Brocky should be playing at right back. You, you've got not that I'm saying height is everything because you had loads of defenders in the past. You know, Cannavaro, for example, was a short ass. But for goodness sake, at this level, when you're going to have a lot of people pumping the ball up there, I do not want a five foot eleven bloke playing instead of a six foot five or a six foot six bloke. Yeah, I, yeah, I cannot you, understand why want, that would work. Yeah, but if you want some Freders, at least he's always going to have a tall person next to him. I mean, for God's sake, he'll have either Greenwich, Taft, or maybe even Santos if it comes to you that. Won't, <laughs> they won't have Taft. No, they won't have uh, Taft. Not Taft, <laughs> sorry, Delaney. Delaney. <laughs> Delaney. Unless he's made a miraculous return down the year. Uh, nah, it's alright. Nah, we'll, nah, we'll, t- we'll sell Taft in the summer, it'll be right. <laughs> Yeah, well, so many deadwoods, so much deadwood. Yeah, I must be going through yeah, this. Yeah, we've not even gotten into if the possibility of Liam Edwards manages to recover from his injury. Yeah, but well, this well, this is what I was seems thinking like a about. Bit of a long shot. Yeah, I mean the poor Sodder. I, I, I thought he did very very well at, uh, at times for us in League One, but he clearly has got a serious serious issue with with his knee and all the issues that have surrounded. Um, so all the issues that have sort of happened as a result of that. I think given everything's connected in your leg, as Stuart Holden found out. Once you have a problem with your knees, start having ankle problems, hip problems, all of that stuff. So, I'll be very, very surprised if Liam Edwards can make a full recovery. It sounds as though he's going to be, uh, it's very hard pressed to, to do that. But I wish him well because I thought he played very well, well for us well, at times. Well, we've got him for next season as well, so we'll have to see. Yeah, God, yeah, I remember that. It was, yeah, it was it was a two year deal that he signed, wasn't it? He, two, yeah, he two, was the yeah, first. Two and a half. Yeah, he was the what first one he signed. Yeah, Sorry, Taft, what about Taft, Taft? How long has Taft got? Is, is he a one year? Was that a two year? Two he years. was a two year. Ah, okay. Sell him in summer. <laughs> All right, manager James. Yeah, we're right, <laughs> no, no one's paying fees in this COVID world. No, no definitely. We'll, 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 very, we'll, yeah. we'll get it. Maybe send him out on another season long loan to Scunthorpe. It's the best we'll manage. Paying at, paying about seventy percent of the wages, something like that. Yeah, loan to I, buy. I, I honestly, I, I, no. I would honestly wager that they are paying a very, very high percentage of his wages because of yeah, just pedigree right. alone and the fact that they are really struggling. And we also saw when we played against them that their centre halves are useless. So th- th- clearly they think he's an improvement. Yeah. Anyway, we talked about possible outgoings. Talked about um, the Crawley game. I'm amazed we gave it that much airtime considering we lost. I mean, given it's probably one of our better performances in those last 25 minutes, it's probably worth the airtime. Come on to a bit more positive stuff. The new signings, Chris. We finally have a left footer on uh, in, in the squad who we think we can actually rely on. In Declan John signed on loan. To the end of the season from Swansea, good pedigree, 
played internationally for Wales, how much of a difference do you think he's going to make? Yeah, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. He's somebody with a half-decent pedigree, someone that's played at a much higher level. You've got to hope that he's, he can have that sort of influence on the on the team. And I know that he is he is well and truly out of favour at Swansea, so you never know. Someone like that is prepared to come and play for us. He's obviously in the shot window. Might work in our favour, even if he doesn't remain with us at the end of it. Just to hark back to what you lad said before about Kyoso, I think he's been fantastic this season. So if we can have a left-back who can do half the things, or a left-wing-back, who can do half the things that Kyoso can do. I think he'd be a real asset. Um, the, the, the attacking game we play isn't as the traditional one, I don't think, in terms of having your wing-backs your wing getting up and putting crosses in the box, because I don't think either Doyle or Delfonso are your, your, your target man type as, as such. But if they can help build the play and help provide uh, some ammunition for Doyle and Delfonso, then I think it can only be a good thing, most definitely. Yeah, Lee, do you think it's quite a coup for us to have got someone in like Declan John? I know it's very sad that we're considering someone who's who height of his career was a handful of appearances in the Premier League um, a coup, but we are where we are. Exactly, yeah, we are where we are. Um, no, I've heard of him, so that's a start. I, mean, <laughs> I said that to Chris. He's very sad, isn't it? That's the first thing I said to Chris. Have you heard of this one? Yeah, we'll I don't think he's season. played for a while, has he? No, no but for, not for the last couple of years. He's been struggling to find some uh, stable game time. I think his last actual 90 minutes for first team was uh, a year ago in the Carling Cup for, for Swansea, I think, in you know, like a, a pretty much second-string team they put out, apparently. So uh, he didn't play one game for Sunderland under Parkey. Parkey's strange, though. Do you remember Mark Little played him every yeah. week and then one sending off, he didn't play him again. So he has strange falling-outs with players, and he, I think, possibly, or strange silences with players. So we won't count that against Declan John but yeah I, I was reading up a bit about his uh, I watched a couple of goals he scored for Rangers he's not scored many in his career I think he only got three and he got a couple for Rangers and I watched one, one was a deflection one was a pretty good strike and I was reading a few bits about um, on Declan John's Twitter about when he left Rangers and Rangers fans seemed to, to really take to him I mean, it's, it doesn't take too much up there to, to be better than the rest but you know it, that was a while ago obviously when he was up there um, started at Cardiff actually, and then he uh, then he moved on to uh, uh, Swansea via obviously via uh, via Rangers. And he went up um, up to Rangers from from Cardiff. So yeah, he's he's played for decent clubs. He's got a, a good a good pedigree. I'd like say he will be rusty, but he has been keeping fit. He isn't injury prone as such. He's just been out of favour, which is is good to hear that he's not injury prone. Obviously, the other the other chat we're going to come on to next is you know, overwhelmingly good signing, but. It's whether we keep him fit, but like I say, John doesn't seem to be someone who does suffer from injuries. From what I've from what I've read, more that he's just been out of favour. So he'll have a point to prove. He's got pedigree. He's left-footed. He's got a bit of pace. Um, I did see him the the photo when he was holding the scarf off? The look, like he had a bit of a double chin on to me. So he might need to lose a bit of timber. <laughs> don't we all, mate? I, I, I'm one to talk exactly. So I'm uh, I'm on this dry January to try and lose a bit of weight as well. It doesn't help when I'm. Down in the non-alcoholic beers, though, does it? But anyway, I digress. But yeah, Declan John, I think good signing. Um, I think probably probably the best we could have got that's out there to bring in on a free agent. Um, yeah, we could have brought in an untested sort of maybe championship or if we're lucky, Premier League left left back. He's been playing in the Premier League two in the under twenty threes. But I think best getting someone in who we might have a chance to bring in next season, um, and you know, someone who, who might stick with us for a few years. You never know. Yeah, I, I, like I say, I have very fleeting memories of Declan John. I did, I did also know, know who he was at least, but the only thing I can remember is seeing that he was bloody quick when I saw him playing for Rangers. So that that would be nice to have a bit of pace in the team because I cannot remember for the life of me the last time we had someone who's quick in the team. It might have been Kane Willery or somebody like that. Um, last, we'll finish finish up with you, James, about Declan John. Do you throw him straight in to the game against Exeter if he if he's fit enough? Oh, God, given yeah. the, the, the yeah, oh, given that God, basically yeah. it looks like Jamie Maskell is never going to play for us again by the sounds of it. It, it would be shocking, wouldn't it? I mean, Everts loaned out Liam Gordon so that he'll be ready for next season. So. <laughs> That that said it all about what he thinks about Jamie Maskell, really. So, yeah, but like like I was saying before about the square pegs and round holes, I didn't like seeing Geffen Jones there. Didn't like seeing Harry Brockbank there. Even if he didn't rate Maskell, I'd rather have given it, him have given the chance. But oh, this is where we are, and Declan John is should be a huge improvement um, for for that position. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see. I hope he doesn't need a get a couple games to get settled because we kind of need to kick on now if we have any fleeting chance of of going up this season. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's just nice to have that that balance in the team. Expect it just just having an an in swinging an in swinging cross instead of Geffen Jones halting his momentum to try and get it on his right foot to cross it. But by that time, he's already been blocked off and it's forced to pass back. And like you say, with Declan Jones pace being able to bolt down that left hand side, ah, oh, it's it's going to open up so many more options and hopefully provide that much needed service that we need to get to Owen Doyle. They're our they're our strength, aren't they? Having Doyle and Alfonso up there. We really need to start playing to our strengths more. Yeah, it yeah. All I can say is uh, it's a fantastic sign in and I cannot wait till he proves me wrong and just ends up being a flop. <laughs> <laughs> well spe- speaking of um big introductions and uh big reactions, Chris, I know that you've got a friend who's a Sheffield Wednesday fan who told you that Kieran Lee was, you know, second only to Jesus Christ. I've seen, we've seen the club. I don't think I've ever seen a club go after a, a someone's um, announcement sign. Uh, sorry, announcement of the signing, and basically let it run their Twitter feed for the next evening or something like that, with thousands of responses from Sheffield Wednesday fans going on about how brilliant this player is. But Kieran Lee signed an eighteen-month deal, central midfielder, thirty-two years old. Can he be that good, Chris? Nope. <laughs> however, I'm so pleased you said that. <laughs> however, don't get me wrong. I, I would, I, I would love for us to be in that position where, in eighteen months' time, if he was to move on, that we would feel just the same way. I think it's, fan- it's a fantastic prospect. Uh, and granted, we know his age and his injury is- issues and things like that, but clearly he's got got talent. Wednesday fans, yeah. Their judgments may be about as good as ours. To be perfectly honest, they're a they're, they're a fickle bunch. But the, the enthusiasm uh, in which the, I've, I've heard people talk about Lee really is uh, is positive for us. And you've got to hope that he can at least drag drag a performance or two out of his fellow midfielders, out of Crawford and Sarsovic in in particular. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. I think he, he's the same as as John. I think you slot him straight in the team, hit the ground running, and uh, if we can get an hour, seventy minutes out of both of them. This week, then, then fantastic. Hopefully, by that point, we'll be three up, and the, and the, the the tail of the season will start to turn in our favour. It's it's a great get in terms of the ambition from from the the, the top brass. Whether this is this is a, well, I suppose it is a true Everett signing now. There can be no confusion about who who is behind it. There's no director of football pulling the strings anymore. And if this is the sort of caliber of players that Everett's able to attract to the club, then fantastic. And um, injuries are the only negative. That's the only thing that you might think. Well, that that's why nobody else has come in for him. But again, same with uh, with John. That might mean that he's got a, a point to prove. You know, he's he's thirty two. Wants to show everyone that he's still got it. And let's hope that's why he's with us. Yeah, I have, I have that would to. Be great. I, yeah, sorry. I have to say that I have to. I have to add on that. Um, they they clearly believe in his ability to stay fit, considering that they're giving him an mm-hmm. eighteen month deal. I wondered whether part of that might be a, a bit of an incentive for him to drop yeah. down so far to give him a bit of security at the age of 32. I, know, I, much, I, I, much, much lighter than with Doyle. You know, give him a give him a bit of security for the next couple of years. Yeah, you can be playing League Two football, but hey, at least you've got a job. That, that's the thing I, I was I was going to say as well. We were all very, very excited when we saw 18-month deal because that, that's a level of commitment. And also, if he does turn out to be good, at least he's our player and someone would have to come in and command a fee for him. But given his age, that, that's unlikely. But, you know, there there is that level of security there. But I, I figured, given that we're not in the best position to offer high wages, that would be the, the incentive mm. for him to join us over somebody else. Although, what, what I would say is, um, even though he does seem to come with the tag of injury-prone, Played a lot of games for Sheffield Wednesday and also last season managed to play 30 times. So the injury that did keep him out for the 18-19 uh, season, he probably seemed to overcome, even if he's maybe not at the same level that he used to be. But if he was, he wouldn't be playing for us. Um, Lee, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you for the devil's advocate question. Uh, so th- th- ignoring all the positivity that we've come to before, do you think Kieran Lee is what we need or is it just a big name signing to get fans back on side, given that there was, in the aftermath of the Crawford game, certainly quite a few seem to have turned on Ian Everett. Yeah, um, I, I vaguely remember him playing against us in the Championship a couple of times. I think there's a goal he scored against us, actually. I think at, yeah, he at, did. At the, at the Reebok, I think. I don't, can't remember whether they beat us in that game. They probably did. But, no, that, um, was, that was when we um, beat them 2-1 after oh, we really? hadn't won all season. It was when Sammy scored. Sammy Obi, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Sammy um, Obi, how he scored against Sheffield Wednesday? He scored against the League Cup as well. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I think... Um, 
I say he's 32. He's 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 got some rave reviews there from Sheffield Wednesday fans, but I think a couple of them did mention that he wasn't the same player after his injury. I, I didn't I didn't know he'd had a bad injury. From I still, I was still surprised he wasn't. I thought he just was in the squad. Uh, I didn't know they released him to me. I, I sort of bypassed me, which surprised me because I was sort of on top of stuff like that. But not much yeah, bypasses I'm, you, my friend. No, not generally. <laughs> but he was um, he's someone who I was surprised wasn't already fixed up and. And that he has dropped down, you know, he's, he's from the area. He's from, I think he's, I think he's from Oldham. He was it started at United. Staley Bridge. Was he from, from Staley Bridge? Yeah. yeah. Well, he, so he started at United, didn't he? And then he uh, and he went to Oldham from there. So you know, he's he's not there aren't many clubs. Only had sort of like really professional clubs. Only really Oldham and Sheffield Wednesday. So he's been, um, I think so anyway. But he's he's been, you know, obviously quite a loyal servant to Sheffield Wednesday. And I say he's someone who. I think he's absolutely what a midfield needs, but it's, it's it's a case of whether he can actually, if Everett wanted someone a bit younger and more dynamic, they're going to command a transfer fee. He's either going to have to get an untested youngster, like I said before, from the Premier League or Championship. Yeah, so we'd be lucky to get a Premier League youngster coming down to League Two, but it does happen. Um, we'd have to get you know someone in who's who's untested and you know leads someone who who will you know, offer that sort of. Um, Experienced head as well as someone who should be a fantastic player from keeping fit. So, yeah, I think I think he is exactly what the midfield needs. But equally, I don't think Everett could have brought in any anything else really at this stage, any anything better anyway. No, certainly not. So I think the pedigree itself um, it makes it one of the more exciting signings that we've seen for a long time. I think what I will say forever, even though a lot of his signings have been hit and miss, mostly misses. I, he's the first manager in a long time who's actually brought in players that I've been excited about. In the summer, when we brought in um, Sarsovic and Doyle, that was, you know, it was almost like a statement to make to the rest of the league. Obviously, we've not built on that statement, uh, but I think that's probably more down to the people that they've got playing around them rather than those two themselves. But certainly, I think if other teams in League Two are, are paying attention, Kieran Lee is, is the kind of person who would certainly make them stand up and take notice. James, I'm, I'm sure you're probably going to say we want to get him straight into the team as soon as possible. Um, who does he come in and replace for you? Uh, for me, Thomason. I know that's going to probably rile up some fans who seem to regard his passing as the second coming of Christ. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the lads, the lads are still a bit weak at the moment. He's still quite easy to get past. Don't get me wrong; his his forward play is really nice, and his passing is really nice, which I suppose we may have to sacrifice. But I'd rather have. Lee's experience, head, his know-how is his position and then use Thomason as an impact sub instead to go at a tiring team. So for me, he'd be he'd be he'd be the name I'd replace. And yeah, it, it's it's just it's just nice that we're replacing um that we're using Kieran Lee to replace the outgoing Tom White as noticed by the um sh- as noticed by the shirt number that he's gonna that he's likely gonna be wearing. So, oh yeah, of course. That, that's a really, it's a really strong replacement. That and like, like Lee mentioned, we tried with the younger, unproven talent that we probably could have got on a free if he worked out. Didn't work out. So yeah, we 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 we're going to an experienced head now, which is probably desperately what we need in that midfield. So yeah, let's chuck him straight in for Thomason. Um, if he starts to tire or whatnot, then 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 you can give the young lad minutes Chris do you agree with that partially I think Thomason it would be harsh to, to, to dispense with him straight away but I think on a side by side comparison I think James is right uh, I think Sasevic would maybe be another option depends what kind of role ever expects, expects Lee to play I mean Sasevic's role isn't exactly all action up and down for 90 minutes it's, it is a little bit more of a it should moment. be but it he, should he be does, but he doesn't I, I don't do it I, <laughs> no, I'm not sure if he can. Um, no, but more... this is the thing. That's what I was going to say to you. Sorry for interrupting, but I think that if you're going to take Thomason out, that that's fair enough. I will understand why you would do that. But I think you then have to play Tut and Lee next to each other and Sarsovic further forward, so that you don't yeah. have the issue of the fact that he doesn't work hard. Yeah, uh, and just different like different styles of players, aren't they? And I think you're right. I think Tut is probably the 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 constant in there, and I guess Sarsovic probably is too. What with him being captain, I mm-hmm. would just maybe like to to experiment a little bit shall we say because I think Thomason's form so far would make it a a harsh call to to get rid of him straight away even though I understand the reasons yeah just say, so since that second time I reckon 
what it does do, it gives us that flexibility to, to work for Everton to actually trust his subs as well. Because we we didn't make any subs against... Um, mm. Did we didn't make any subs against... Was it Crawley? No, was, it was Crawley, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he's obviously done, didn't trust the team players on his bench, Darcy. Didn't trust Crawford to bring him on. But, you know, at least now he'll have... If he does decide to drop Thomason, perhaps Sarsovic can... Perhaps Sarsovic is keeping it something back to the end of the game because the last 10 minutes of a game can often be crucial, can't they? Maybe he is just concerned his energy hasn't got the stamina <laughs> to sort of go hell for leather for 90 minutes. And if, if Sarsovic can give us 75 good minutes, then Thomason can maybe come on for Sarsovic in that sort of number 10 role or Crawford and, and give it, you know, last 15, 20 minutes. And it gives Everett the option of bringing people off the bench, actually using his subs, actually bringing Lee and could have a knock-on effect in that sense. Thomason Lee seems to have jumped in ahead of Darcy in the queue because obviously Crawford was there, gave ample opportunity to to show what he could do. Failed miserably, to be honest with you. Um, and frankly, I'm, I'm I'm at that point where I would quite gladly see the back of him, given the fact that we've got these two young players coming through who could quite easily do what he does. Do you think that's fair that Thomason has got ahead of Darcy though? Um, it's hard. To, I just think. Darcy, as much as he did well when he came in against Leighton Orient, obviously he was 3-0 down and, and that's the only game I can really remember him playing in the season. I think he, pl- he played in the um, Papa John's, didn't he? And, he um, an impact against Barra. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I was, I was working, I didn't actually catch the end of that game so I missed that. So I, I might have missed the, I didn't see the Papa John's game against Shrew, was Shrewsbury away. Did he play in that one? I think, I think he did. Darcy's impact has been blinking, you'll miss it from day one. Yeah, well, that's not just a problem. A problem for this season. I think well, he's, he's had very few chances equally as well, Chris. But I, I think he, from when he came when he came on against Bradford and held the ball up, and you know he didn't do that shot, and people were praising him. I just know it's one thing. He's so weak. He's almost weaker than Zach Clough. And Zach he Clough is. in his in his past in his last season with Zach Clough, he seemed to get weaker from from when he first started. And I'm not going to talk about Clough, but I I I'd have Clough back in it in a heartbeat, by the way. But I think it was Cluffy's shoulder, though. It was Cluffy's shoulder. Yeah, reason why that happened? Possibly, possibly. But I think with Darcy, he's very, he's he's incredibly weak, and I just don't know where he fits in. And where the only place I can see him fitting in the team would be, would maybe be on the right of the front three, because you you can you can carry that weakness slightly in in a winger winger's position. Mm-hmm. But in sent in a midfield three, not a chance he gets in. I wouldn't I wouldn't pick him in a midfield three because he's he's not. He's not we. He's not. He's not strong enough. And that game when he came in against Leighton Orient, he, yes, he he popped it around nicely. But the game had gone. It was it was a friendly to all intents and purposes. And he, he had the they gave Bolton Leighton Orient gave us the you know the, the freedom and space to to pop it around. And Darcy looked good in that in that circumstance in that context. But yeah, I think Thomas and the other thing is with Thomas and you don't think he runs like his head's too heavy for him. Oh, my <laughs> dad said this. My dad said sort of, this to me sort of yesterday. Lumbers, he sort of lumbers around. He, he, he does have a move ahead, you see. He runs like a forty-year-old, but he's like kind of he's, he's what is he nineteen? But yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, do, I do. I do think it's right that Thomason is ahead of him because I think although he is he, he isn't physically developed enough to to play yeah. week in week out either, but you can at least see that he could be. Whereas with Darcy, I, I just I just don't know what where he plays. He needs to nail down. He needs to get himself a niche in the team, and he's not a central player for me. Not for, not for me at the moment, anyway. I think I'd play him on the right. He needs a loan, does Darcy? Yeah, possibly. I I agree. I think it's a dreadful shame because we were very very happy when he signed in the summer. It was one of those yeah. ones that we hung our hats on. Same with Crawford when when we managed to re-sign them. It was almost like a a statement of intent because we knew that there was quite a lot of interest in running Darcy, but. It's a dreadful shame that it's it's not currently working out for him because I do think there is something there and I know I know I know Chris to be fair I do understand your point of view I, I think there is a lot of his play where you, you would like a bit more of a cutting edge um, rather than sort mm. of uh, the the endeavour that you've seen from him but there is always I think there has to be something about a player for everyone to really really want them to do well whether that's just the fact that he works hard or whether there is genuine ability there but I do agree I think. Well, I mean, from your from your viewpoint, do you think the output in terms of actual creativity from Thomason is better than Darcy? I think he's Thomason's proven that he can he can influence games one way or the other. I think Darcy more is is probably there for the the moments, but like it, like I said before about Darcy's contribution being fleeting, I, I can maybe I think he's maybe scored has he scored one or two last season, one. and I don't two, I don't one, really yeah. Yeah, Was it two? I, it, it, he scored, no, against, he scored against Rochdale and against Leighton Orient. It, it, oh. it, proves, it proves my point a little bit in that 
in the out, his fantastic moments in his breakout season were a couple of goals in games that we probably didn't go on to win. I think Mark, <laughs> da- right. Mark we Davis. Lost, we lost. We lost five one and six one in those games. Five, there two, you go. Five, five, two and six, one. Sorry. There we you rock, go. So we, we used to criticise Mark Davies for not having enough of, a, of a, an impact on games and being able to decide games with his ability. Undoubted ability, though it is, and Darcy is a fantastic player. I just think in this Bolton team and in this division, he's too much of a luxury. I think Thomason provides a bit more of a steady Eddie kind of approach that's probably better for us at this minute in time. I think that is fair enough. I'd like Thomason to work on his defending, but then again, I sort of have to remind myself, A, how young he is, and B, that's probably not the role that he wants to be playing in, mm. in this team. So maybe you have to let him off. Um, obviously, we talked about the new signings. We presume there's going to be a lot more people brought in, a lot more people going out. I'm going to come to each of you individually and say one place that you think we need to bring someone in, the most important, obviously, and which player you'd like to see the back of, barring the loan signings like Krellin and, and White, because we presume that they're already on their way out. So, James, I'm going to come to you first. One position that you think is the most important to bring in and one player you'd like to see the back of. Um, see, the thing is, if we're going to switch to this... Four two three one or four three three or whatever. We need a left winger. We do. We I I I don't think Delfonso is an okay cover for that position, but it's clearly not his natural position, in my mind. Mitt Ganua can play there, but he's not a starter in and no. by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, so yeah, definitely a, a left winger in my opinion. But if we're gonna stick with the two up front or or if you do trust Alfonso enough there, we need a backup striker for Doyle. We, we've got Miller out till April at least. And it seems well, Mark, like... to be fair, was saying that he's going to um, not cancel the contract necessarily, but remove him as a squad member so that he can bring someone in. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. And it doesn't seem like any of the young lads can step up to the mark at the moment. So, yeah, ba- backup striker... Or, or left winger. I'll I'll go with the left winger if we are going to go for this change of formation. But in my mind, both those two are equally vital. And one player that you'd like to get rid of? Uh, just 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 because of how many players are in that position, just get rid of Hickman. But if I had, but if I had the choice to get rid of a player, it would probably be uh, Comley. Yeah, I think that would be fair enough. We we do. I don't think we're necessarily overstaffed in that position of central midfield, but he's just been so insipid that, and and also because he's got a good reputation in League Two, it might be the easiest one to to farm out. So I, I could certainly understand where you'd be coming from on that one. Um, Chris, same question to you. Uh, get rid of Crawford. I would free up whatever money he's earning, which is probably in the top third of of our squad for a player that uh, provides absolutely nothing. No impact, no bite, no nothing really. Get rid of him. Um, and then I'd have a new goalkeeper only because I think we could suffer injuries in lots of different positions and probably just get about get away with it. If Jilks gets injured, we can't, we're knackered. So I think I would uh, expect to expect us to look for a new goal, a senior goalkeeper, so not another kid to, to back up. I was going to ask you that look. question. Is, does it have to be someone of a similar kind of experience oh, level as James? Only for me, only for my, my preference, only because uh, as much as I think Jilks has done well, it's deeply annoying listening to him on the, on the, on the, in the matches, shouting all the time. Um, I, I just wonder whether he'll, whether he'll feel like he's had his fingers burned with Krellin and maybe he'll go for someone a little bit more experienced. But all signs seem to point towards this lad from United being the one that he's interested in, so perhaps not. Um, but I would... I would do that way. So sack off Crawford and let's get a new senior goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys were aware, but I did manage to get myself into the the Cheltenham game and sitting directly behind the goal when Jilks is screaming instructions to everyone and pretty much nobody. At one point, I think he was just shouting at himself to try and psych himself <laughs> up. Um, it, it's bloody irritating. But one of the one of the funny moments was a woman who was sat behind me who recognised that I was a Bolton fan. Um, when I don't, when I was celebrating, when I thought we'd scored, and then we missed uh, Alfonso missed his chance, tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Does that twat in your goal always keep on making that noise?" And I said, "Yes, yes, he does." This was an eighty-year-old woman, so hearing it say that made me laugh quite a lot. Um, but yes, I know I do agree with you. I, I think also I, we were daft in the summer to not get an experienced goalkeeper because I know that Reese um, has said to us in the in the group chat a lot of the time. 
a lot of times, sorry, that we need someone who's capable of playing with their feet at this level. I couldn't give less of a shit about someone who can no. kick the ball in goal. Don't agree I with really that. don't think it matters. Yeah. I really don't. Um, the only no, way it, it, does, it, it, only way it does matter if, um, if we kick it long is that no one's out really hold it up, though, are they? That's the problem without with the, with the Doyle up front and without anyone sort of with a bit of muscle up there. It, it kind of does matter because it just comes back. But that's my opinion anyway. I'm not saying they need to be brilliant with the feet, but I think it does slightly help if that's the way Everett wants to play. That I'm not saying Jilks is too bad. He sort of takes a safe option most of the time, doesn't he? But I think I think being a bit better with your feet would, would be of some sort of uh, some use to us, really. In my opinion, there's always oh, a target agree. man in the squad, isn't there? Well, I think yeah, that's what Everett wants to bring one. in, isn't it? Mm. He wants to get that. But the thing is, at the moment, our target man is our right wing back. If you're stocking up, if you're stocking up on attacking fullbacks and wingers, then it makes sense to go for a target man. I completely Indeed. agree. But yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. I think it would help if Jilks was a little bit better with his feet. But when Kios is in the team, and if you want to hoof the ball out to someone, you know the the guy the guy doesn't lose anything in the air, so it, it does help from that perspective. Uh, but anyway, coming to you on on the same question, most important position to strengthen and which player you'd like to get rid of? Yeah, I think I was sort of toying between um, goalkeeper and. Um... And striking out now, he's brought in John. It would have been left wing back before John signed, and mm-hmm. looks like. And say, hopefully, we're not going to be playing wing backs. But like I say, system wing backs. You know that the system that ever plays lives and lives and dies by the wing backs, and they've just not been good enough um, so far. Barkio, so who I'm still not certain personally that he's a proper right wing back. But in the sense that. Um, We've brought in John. I'd probably say keeper as well, just because I don't think Jilts can last. If he gets injured, we're stuck with Cronningham, and it's just you may as well, you know, may as well be getting our tickets to Weymouth next season if that's the case. Because uh, if we can go to games, so um, I think Weymouth are in the bottom three actually. So yeah, <laughs> only you would know that that's an inaccuracy there. Honestly, yeah. I didn't even know <laughs> what league Weymouth are playing in. Never mind what the yeah, position they are in league. I don't even know where Weymouth is. <laughs> down south somewhere. I'm not, I'm not even. I'm not sure of that. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, if, if we if we, if Chilts gets injured and we don't bring a backup for him, we've got we're, we're stuck with Alexandra Krellin, and you know that Ever will just play Krellin, and it, it could be it could just be absolutely disastrous, and we could be really scrambling for our lives. I'm not saying he's that bad. That he no, he is. He was. But it's, the, bad, it's the confidence, though, isn't it? It's the confidence that he <laughs> gives to the yeah. whether he's yeah. that bad or not. He if, was, if yeah. Santos, and I know that I make a mistake that my keeper is going to sod sod it. I really yeah. it, it ruins my game. I think um, I think bring as for who we bring in, Chris is. I, I tend to agree with Chris that I'd rather have somebody who's experienced. But the one we've been linked with, obviously Nathan Bishop. I don't know where it surfaced the rumours, but. At least he's played in this league with Southend. He's he's played. He's he's twenty two now. Uh, he's at United. A strange one from United signing him because they've got so many young keepers, haven't they? That are either on loan and they've got you know hundreds of them knocking around. So they, they do that. They don't. To... They stockpile. They always have yeah. They, they, if you look at United's keeper record, young keeper record, they've always gone on to do pretty decently. Like Sam Johnston. Kieran O'Hara, I think, was at Burton. I'm not sure where he is now. He might still be there. Actually, but... That ginger one was crap. That ginger <laughs> yeah. one was rubbish. He was good when we got him on loan, just not afterwards. Yeah. Well, he, he kept it was good off the pitch. In... He wasn't necessarily good on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> he, he kept popping up in teams of the weeks and this week, oh, this, this season, sorry, uh, for Charlton in the earlier part. Anyway, I'm not sure whether he's still in the team. But uh, anyway, we digress on Amos. But yeah, United have a decent record with bringing young keepers through. Obviously not brought him through, but they've, they've spotted him at Southend, brought him in, and I wouldn't be averse to him. I, I, I'm, I, didn't, I didn't attend that game. I think it was before me. Little was born the Southend game, so I don't think I don't think I got to it. But because um, he played against us, didn't he? I think when we he beat did. Him, when we won three two, three two, yeah. yeah. So um, can't really say much about him. But if we do bring him in, you know, he's not he's not a nineteen eighteen year old kid. He's twenty two. He's got a bit of a bit more experience in, in, on his shoulders than Crowley had certainly in, in league football. So yeah, let's uh, let's see what happens. But I think keeper. Um, so I've gone on a bit too long with that one. So the the um, the, other, the position the position that we'd. Um, so what was it? What was the question? Play, oh, player that player you'd like to get rid of, basically. Yeah, just just probably just Conley because I don't want to see him on the pitch again. And I don't want to, <laughs> if, if if we if we get rid of him, if we loan him out to Stevenage or someone, then we, we don't get to see him. I'm sure he's not as bad as he. He's, I'm sure he's not as bad as he was in the games, but he just looked hesitant and. Bereft of confidence, I don't think he'll ever get it back with us. Is it? You know, no. you just got a, a bad feeling. It's just, it's, it's a, 
it's a bad just it's a bad doing it. Let's yeah, some some good. deals are just just poor, aren't they? Just don't work out for all sorts of reasons. A player that like him has got an half decent pedigree, and that's it. It just just don't work out. It's uh, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I've, I've said it before about Comley. He he doesn't work in our team because of the formation that we're playing. I think if we played a four-two-three-one and no. had two set holding midfielders, and he was one of them, he'd probably be a relative success. But in when you're playing a three, and those three are the only uh, the only players that are going to be do- occupying that middle, and they've all got to do different roles and rotate and stuff like that. He's he's a bit of a one-trick pony, and I don't think it suits him at all. Yeah, true. He's, he's a southern lad anyway, and he's always been down south. Yeah, <laughs> and just just we, we never we never. They never worked out any of these southern signings. Like, I right, think that's someone, exactly the problem. Someone say, say Prattley was all right, but he, he wasn't. Was he? Mm-hmm. We spiralled down the leagues with him in the side. We had Liam Trotter. Thing, thing is, Lee, if, if Prattley is the one that you're putting at the top of, of the list, <laughs> then the list is a shit list. <laughs> Prattley was probably the best signing from down south, but like, we, Friedman seems to love going down there and bringing players up here. It doesn't work. Northern How dare like, you swear on this podcast? Don't use that name ever again. Yeah, when we have like Jordy's in the team, and you know, I'm not saying Medine, but you know, like when we, when we have Northern lads in the team, we seem to do better. I think Jordy's and Chris. Is that is that a, is that a rate? Is that rate? Have I just have I just been racist to Southerners? <laughs> you might have been. We have any Southerners in our team. You know what's funny? I was literally hearing you work. say it, oh, and I thought, oh my god, we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a complaint here because it's being racist to Southerners. Does that guy still get in touch on, on Twitter, that priest that used to criticise Dan Murphy for swearing all the time? Maybe he's the same sort of thing as uh, <laughs> with you, with your anti-Southern agenda. Oh, <laughs> God. It just came to me, man. Sorry about that. I'm going to have to edit all that out, won't you, James? No. <laughs> I, don't so. I honestly don't think so. I, I think what happens with this Jermaine podcast, there's always an element, of, um, there's always an element of rigour, isn't there? where we sort of have, have a stable discussion and there's, you know, good points made and all of that. And it's quite, you know, posh people sat around a table drinking tea and all of that. And then suddenly <laughs> it just descends into anarchy. I'm not even drinking actual alcohol. Gets, it gets a bit giddy at the end. It always yeah. does. Oh, it's, you, it's your fault, Chris. I remember the last one that we did, we had we talked about the Tranmere game and I just asked you a question saying, what do you think the score will be? And <laughs> it, it was along the lines of... <laughs> Sod those fuckers or something like that. <laughs> I uh, I think I think my, my prediction of seventeen nil was maybe a little bit wider yeah. than Mark that day. Well, we should have known Keith Hill would come to bite us back in the ice. Bless him, bless him. <sighs> he's he's probably well. The thing is, I mean, he's lost every other game that he's had with Tramir, hasn't he, or something like that? I don't know. He's, and certainly, they don't like him at all. No. Um, but then again, who would? He's an arsehole. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> James, good luck with this, bud. I tell you now. Um, we do have a game coming up. I think it's been depressing, but also quite peaceful without having a Bolton game on this FA Cup weekend. I've been able to watch other teams who I don't really care about get battered, like Leeds and, and Marine. Um, <laughs> but we do have a game on Tuesday, away at Exeter. Under normal circumstances, you'd probably say that's quite a difficult game. James, are we going into it? a bit more positive because of the new players we brought in? I mean, I hope so. Um, we, the, it's going to be a really difficult game, Exeter, because they are a free-scoring side. So, mm. so yeah, we're, our defence is going to need to be on top of the game, which I'm kind of thankful for Delaney coming back because he's definitely more defensively stable than Greenwich is. But, yeah, I don't know. We can, on, we can only see. Hopefully the experienced dead and the proper balance in the team really does make a significant difference because uh, they've not really given us much faith of the Bolton they, uh, it's like it's like we've been saying all season they can be absolutely class for 15 minutes and then be absolutely tosh for the remaining for the remaining half uh, hopefully hopefully this new look side really really does make a difference so I couldn't even begin to predict what sc- what score it could be or, or, no, or I haven't got a clue. I don't, I don't think ever have a clue, do we? It's, it's such a marmite team mm. that we've managed to, to have this season. You really don't know. I mean, I, I thought, if, if, to be fair, if you're going to be 3-0 down, obviously your confidence is very, very low, but then you manage to get yourself back into that game and draw and almost win it, of course. If that doesn't give you confidence going into the next match, then nothing will. And we will still crap against Crawley. So I, I, I've honestly no idea what motivates this lot at the moment. I mean, I mean, we've done it twice. We did it against Barrow and then didn't we lose I know. the game afterwards or something? Oh, I can't yeah, remember which game it was afterwards. But yeah, but yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Probably because, I mean, my God, 
we haven't half lost and drawn far more games than I presumed that we were going to do at, the, at this stage of the season. I thought I didn't think we were necessarily going to be table topping, but I thought we might be in around the playoffs with a with a positive record, and we've, we've struggled for that. Um, Chris, do you think it's helpful that Exeter played this weekend and we didn't? I think they lost two 0 to Sheffield Wednesday. Absolutely, yeah. It's that time of the season now, isn't it? They all start the games are starting to cro- to come thick and fast, especially after Christmas. So maybe an extended break will do us some good. Genuinely, I've no idea where Exeter are in the league, so I don't know how that uh, that will affect us. I just don't want to see a Bolton team start a game in the manner that they tend to finish it and, and show a bit of character. And Yeah, looking forward to seeing the new guys come in, hopefully, and they can inspire us to a better performance than last time. Oh, anything's better than the, the last uh, game in terms of the first uh, what was it, mm. 65 minutes or so. Um, Lee, do you think a draw in this game is a good result, giving it away at Exeter at the start of a League Two season? You sort of think would be a good litmus test to see where you're going to finish up, given where we are at the moment. Do you think a draw would be a good result? Yeah, I was just about to cut in on Chris then when he said where they were in the table. I thought they were about third or fourth. But I need you for that sort of thing, mate. Not, not, not a flipping They're quiz. just outside they're, the playoffs, aren't they? Yeah, they're 10th, actually, but they've got literally two or three, mainly two or three games on the teams above them. But yeah, they've, they're. Um, they're a good side. They're, like I say, pretty free-scoring. Uh, they bashed, bashed Keith Hill 5-0 a few weeks ago. I think they scored, they beat Colchester 6-1 and then they won at Gillingham 3-2 in the FA Cup and then they beat Grimsley 4-1 and then mm. lost 5-3 at Cheltenham all in the space of a week and a half so they can't have score. And then the next league game was uh, was the um, 5-0 win over Tranmere. So they're, they're banging the goals in. They've got a lot of young players Um Academy graduates who are doing well, Matt Jay. Um, I think what's he called the wing? Uh, there's, there's a chap on the wing who's oh, doing Randall particularly Williams. well. Yeah, yeah, Randall Williams. He was he was good last season, but I think it's uh, there's a young lad who's playing on the wing now, but I can't remember, can't recall his name anyway. Is but it, is, is it yeah, the, the, Bowman that you're thinking of? Yeah, no, no, he's, he's the striker. They've got Bowman the striker. I think him and Jay have both got nine goals this season. That's his name. Bowman's got Randall. two. Um, Bowman's got Joel. two uh, hat tricks or something. Yeah, Joel Randall, that's it. That's who I was thinking of. Joel Randall as well. But yeah, got full of, full of young players, basically. Matt Taylor, he's uh, the boss is from Chorley, isn't he? Matt, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew, Matthew Taylor. So, uh, not the one they're thinking of. But um, yeah, it'd be, a draw would be a good result. Yeah, of course it would. But we've gone to, we've actually done better, I think, against teams at the top of the league. Um, like, went to Cambridge. That was the game after Barrow, actually. We went to Cambridge and got our late equaliser through Sarsovic after crawling through it in the net from that. Cross that we should have won that cross. game. We really should yeah, have won that game. That was our best performance of the season, though. But it said at the time, it probably probably still is, even though maybe Salford at home was maybe. But um, yeah, it, it, I think a draw. I'd take a draw, but we probably need to go there and win if we're going to look up the table and look at any chance of going in the playoffs. I mean, let's look at the table. We're at what are we eight points behind? We played a game more than Mark. And we were in that last playoff spot. Morecambe in the last playoff spot, for God's sake. Um, so, Crawley... They must be crap. Even Haberts and Werner scored against them today. <laughs> yeah. Crawley, um, Crawley are on 34 as well. They've played a game more than us. So, that, that's where we're looking at. Right points behind Crawley and Morecambe. Look, teams are going to loot, drop points. There's, there's plenty of the season left to play for if it gets finished. I've, I've got my doubts, but... Yeah, but I think we need to go there and win if we're going to just get a bit of momentum, get you know, looking, looking up the table, but yeah, as you said, said to me now, would you take a, a, a one-all draw at Exeter? Yeah, I think you would have to, really, because they they're clearly a better side than us, I think, at the moment. But with the introduction of Lee and John, you never know. Um, we could shoot up the league, but there's, there's some very tough games in the next next four weeks, as I said. Yeah, quick, quickly, Lee, what's your score prediction then? Could be anything. It could be anything else. Um I'm going to go with... I'm gonna get go with us getting beat three two because I'm a pessimistic bastard. Well, I mean, realistic. I remember Mark said on his uh, on on the buff in the week that he predicted Bolton to be top of the league right about now and was hoping yeah. that nobody would mention it. Well, he predicted Southampton to be second. He did. Well, I mean, that that was even funnier. But even so, but either way, Mark, given that you screwed me over on Sam Ashton, I think it's all well and good for me <laughs> to mention your mess up on our podcast. So thank you very much for that one. Um, James, I'll come to you. What was your score prediction for Tuesday night's game? Uh, it there's going to be goals. I, I, and now uh, watch me be wrong on that, and it be a nil nil. But I'm going to go for a <laughs> let's go for a four three loss. We'll we'll have to make another fight back, and we just can't get that last goal. 
God, what is wrong with the pair of you? Um, Chris, come on, what's your hey, score prediction? Predict, a bit more positivity. To, I predicted us to be top, <laughs> like Mike did, and now I'm being let down. <laughs> of course I'm pessimistic. Fair enough. Go I'm going to go go 3-2, but not sure which way. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Have, have, have a bet on both of them? <laughs> See which I think I'll put, I'll, put my, I'll put my 50p on, uh, on a home win and also on an away win. And perhaps I'll borrow fifty p off Lee and put it on the draw. So I, I, I think I do. I don't think we'll win, to be honest. But uh, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping for a better performance and a, a sign of a, a brighter few weeks. Because as Lee mentioned, there are some tough games on the horizon. So let's just see if we can get the performances on the up, and then I'm sure the wins will come in time when the new signings get to, up to up to match fitness and full speed. How, how blissful it was back in September when we thought none of these games are difficult. They're all League Two sides, but bottom one is going to turn up and batter them. Now we're saying an extra game is, is going to be a challenge. Oh, well, we are where we are. Um, thank you very much, gents. That's been a very, very enjoyable chat. It's been far too long. We need to make a much more regular thing of this. Uh, and hopefully we will do in the coming weeks. Let's be honest, in a lockdown, we've got bugger all else to do. So we've got zero excuse, do we? Um, so yeah, thank you very much for your time. I hope everyone, you've enjoyed listening to episode 156 of the Island of the NSV podcast. And let's hope for better times on the horizon not just for Bolton Wanderers, but for everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.